Well, like I said, I'm so glad you're here today, and uh, we're going to jump jump into the Word this morning. Are you ready to hear God's Word? We're hearing, we've already heard God's Word, haven't we? Amen. So let's just continue that and, and do this study together. Uh, we're going to be studying. I'm going to continue where we were at last week out of the, the Gospel of Mark chapter 5. And, you know, 4 and 5 are kind of connected. The interesting thing about the Gospels is they didn't write the Gospels with chapters in mind. You know, we added chapters and verses later. Mark was just writing a story, a gospel, and it was one continual flow of writing. But we, we put chapters to it. So four or five, these are all connected. And, and, and it happened in a short period of time that a lot of stuff happened in, in the journey that Jesus was taking, especially here around the Sea of Galilee, some amazing things. And, you know, I've been, I've been praying a lot lately, and as we all do, uh, just God... I, I'm praying, would you show me what's really important to you? Amen. Uh, we spend a lot of time on things that aren't as important in the eyes of God. And I've been praying, God, would you show me what's important and, and, and show me what's really important in my life and what things that we can work on. And so how many know God is calling us to always have a plan in our life. Amen. God wants us to have a plan so that we can live out the purpose of our life. One of the, one of the most tragic things I know is when I find people who just kind of live life without planning. And they don't have a plan for their life. They don't have a purpose for it. What is God's plan? What is his purpose for your life? And I pray through this word today, we'll get a little bit closer to that. Can we say amen? Thank you. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the way, I, I talked to Pastor John and Rachel today. Uh, uh, Ron Carpenter Ministries, if you ever heard of Ron Carpenter Ministries, um, he's, uh, they're with um, Marilyn Hickey and, and that whole group. Um, he actually posted something this week, and I posted, they're there in, in Pakistan with Pastor John right now, and I share this on Wednesday night. They had 90,000 people at their service, praise God, and uh, they, they, he said that we had thousands of people saved. We have over 1,200 pastors that were at the conference. Listen to this. They had 700 armed guards at the church service with AK-47s and all kinds of things. Now, we have several armed, you know, we have security team here, right? But 700, that's a lot of security if you know what's going on in Pakistan. So I told Pastor John we would be praying with him uh, since they were just with us recently. And uh, I said, we're going to be coming back. Now, he wants me to come. He's already asked me since he's been here, when are you coming? And he's like, I came to your church. When are you coming to mine? So, Lord, <laughs> I'm going to, first I'm going to Israel in a couple of weeks, and then we'll talk about that. So God is good. All right. Let's plan for our life. Mark's gospel. You know, this story, to be honest with you, can you imagine how much stuff they had to write about? You know, the things they saw, we, we are getting a glimpse of, of, of the journey of the life, especially the three years of the ministry of Jesus. We're seeing a, a glimpse. Mark's gospel is the shortest of all the gospels. So there had to be some things that he just said, this, I don't have enough room to put this in. So this story was important enough for him to add, this story of Jesus uh, uh, t- calming the seas and then making his way really to the daughter of a very important person in Mark chapter 5, verse 20, 21, and so on. So he's making his way to the daughter, and, and, and on the way he comes in contact with a few people. We have the demon-possessed man who's on the hillside. We have the woman with the issue of blood, and we have all these, these encounters with Jesus there that day. And this story 
grabs my attention because um, Jesus isn't concerned about some of the things that we might be concerned about. He's not concerned about his status. He wasn't concerned about uh, fame. He was concerned about reaching people right where they are at. And we find that in this story, he touches all kinds of people. And I want to ask you this question. Has God ever changed your your circumstances, or has he ever changed what you thought would work, right? He changes the, the, the plans of your life. He changes the circumstances. And maybe in the moment, you don't understand why God is doing what he's doing. But later on in life, you, you begin to understand why he did what he did. Have you ever had God kind of change things around in your life? You had a plan, and God said, no, that's not my plan. That's your plan. Amen? And so... Maybe in this story, there are some people that had a certain plan for Jesus, but we know that sometimes God will upset or change your priorities, amen, to show you that there's another way. How many know there's another way? God wants to show us another way. Sometimes when we get so set in our ways, God is saying there's another way. And maybe God is saying to you, what used to be important to you back then is not important to you now. And so we want to pray, God, what is important to you right now in this day and this hour? And what I know God is saying to all of us is we have to check our priorities, amen? We, we can learn lessons from the gospel of Mark. And, and the message that I'm preaching today is called Lessons from the Storm. Lessons from the Storm. Mark chapter 5, this, this story is is. Amazing. We're going to back up in just a little bit, but uh, Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 1. So they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes when Jesus got out of the boat. And remember what I said last week. Authority is illustrated. It's not explained, right? You know, people who always have to tell you that they are in charge, they're really not in charge in my opinion. If they have to remind you all the time that they have authority, then that's not real authority. Authority is illustrated. It's not explained. So Jesus is going to illustrate his authority. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart, and he broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. This is, this is where the authority of Jesus is needed. Amen. If I was there that day, I would have been more than happy to say, we need to see the authority of Jesus right now with this guy. And, and maybe you've come to a point in your life, and maybe we're all still sometimes dealing with this, but we lose sight of who we are. We lose sight of what our priorities are. And I believe that the, one of the ways that the enemy wants to, to, to stop us from growing, to stop us from reaching our potential, is he stops, he, I mean, he tries to stop us from knowing who we are in Christ. And that happens with priorities. And so what we need, amen, is the authority in Jesus' name. When we pray, we need to pray with the authority in Jesus' name. There is no authority in my name, but there is authority in the name above all names, and that is Jesus Christ. So we need to walk with that authority because we serve, we serve a mighty God. Verse 5, so night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Verse 6 is interesting. This, like I said, is the first time he's seen Jesus. 
that there's a there's an unclean. This is the first time that, that spirit is in this man. This is the first time the man is seeing Jesus. But this is not the first time Jesus is seeing him or the spirit that's in him. When when he saw Jesus from a distance, verse six, he ran and fell. He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. So here we have Jesus, who is known to be one who got up early to pray, crossing, crossing paths with this man who was tormented by these demons, who was up all night shouting and screaming and, and, and cutting himself. And so now the, the intersection of their two lives has, has come. In verse 7, he shouted at the top of his voice. And this, this is the demon, the legion inside. And a legion is, is 6,000 uh, uh, foot feet on the ground. 6,000 6, is the number. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? God, in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, here it is, come out of this man, you impure spirit. See, any time that the enemy has occupied territory, he won't go without a fight. When he's occupied a territory, he is not going to go out, go out with a fight. For the person who's been living in sin and living without Christ and basically has been living on the devil's side for 20, 30, 40 years, don't be surprised that when you come to Christ to think, well, oh, now the devil's just going to leave me alone because now I'm on the winning side. How many know just because the devil lost his ground and his territory doesn't mean that he's going to try to still stop someone from reaching their potential? Amen? So Jesus asked them this question, not for information, but for revelation. And he asked them this question. Remember that Jesus already knows all things. He already knew everything. He already knew the story. But he asked the man because the man might know who Jesus is, but he did not know who he was. And there's a lot of people who are in the world or even in the church who know who Jesus is. Come on, somebody. But they still don't know who they are. And what God is calling us is to, to know who we are in Christ. Amen. On this rock, I will stand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to do all things for Christ because he strengthens me. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. And you begin to declare in Jesus Christ who you are in Jesus' name. So, But there are people who know who God is and know a lot about God. But they don't have that personal walk with him to know his voice. Have you heard God's voice today? Come on. Did you hear him speaking to you during worship? Maybe during some of the testimonies. And so you begin to, you know the voice of God. You know when he's telling you something. He's leading you somewhere. He's asking you to get those priorities in order. So this is the story. And Jesus asked the man, verse 9. Then Jesus asked him, he said, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Now, I like to use the Bible. As you know, I say this all the time with all five senses, right? I like to hear it. I want to I know what it sounded like, what it felt like, even maybe what it tasted like. And so in this, imagine the, the sound of many voices coming out of this man. For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again to send them out of the area. The, the, the demons begged Jesus. Don't make us leave. This is our territory. 
And this is where the story gets interesting. Verse 11. And, and I promise you, as you know, the Bible is more bizarre uh, than you could give it, ever give it credit for. The Bible could be very bizarre. Exhibit A, verse 11. <laughs> A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. Okay, so we understand that we are not in a Jewish area right now. He has, Jesus has left his home turf. He's crossed over, and now he's in Gentile territory, okay? So he's, he's crossed over, and he's in this territory called the region of Gerasenes. And so there's this large herd of pigs feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, verse 12. They said, send us among the pigs so we can go to them. Isn't that where sin sends us among the pigs? And he gave them permission. He said, okay, leave the man. But you have to go there. So he gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down. That's such an image that it's hard to even wrap your mind around it. They, they rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran. I'm sure they were just beyond themselves. Ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. News travels fast. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed. So first they identified this man who's been possessed. Something is different. By the legion of demons sitting there, he was dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about, and then there's this and they're probably like, oh, yeah. And by the way, not only is Joe in his right mind now, but you notice that hillside is empty? Right? So this, this story is, is growing, and they told them about the pigs as well. And then, 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 verse 17, the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. They began to see a demonstration of the authority, the power of Jesus, and they were not sure yet if they understood what was going on. And Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been demon-possessed begged with him. Jesus did not let him in, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. You know, what I feel, and as we conclude that portion of the scripture, what what I feel and what I see in this scripture is, you remember that before Jesus even set foot on this ground, he actually had an appointment. He knew he was on his way to visit this dying sick girl, right? Jesus had an appointment. But here's the thing. We need to read what was happening. And this is where we're going to go today in the next 20 minutes or so. We need to find out what was happening in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, that set the tone for Mark chapter 5. When, to understand Mark 5, we need to understand Mark 4. How many Bible scholars know many times you have to understand the whole picture to understand what you're looking at? Okay, so it's, it's, it's here in Mark chapter 4 that we're going to find out what was happening, what set this up, and we'll understand about the storm that hit that day. And this passage of Mark 4 would preach all by itself. And I'm so thankful this morning. You know, for pastors, we know there are certain verses that preach themselves. Amen. 
I'm so glad I had Pastor Jeff and Kelly with us this morning. He knows there are certain passages they just preach themselves. I mean, Mark chapter 4, I could ask you a question here today. How many of you in this room have ever been through a storm? Or, or how many have even known someone who's been through a storm? Is there, I'm sure there's someone in this room right now, you are in a storm. I don't even have to preach that. I could give an altar call right now. We should be full up here in the front. Ever been through a storm, going through a storm? Or maybe you think you might go through a storm. How I many of that preaches in itself? And so we understand that this is a very uh, 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 applicable verse that will preach. But there was a storm on the ocean that day, on the sea. And let me read it to you, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That evening, Mark 4, 35, that evening, that day when evening came. Now, remember, this is the same day. Uh, Mark didn't divide the Gospels into chapters like we do. This day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Notice he did not tell them why. (laughs) Okay? He didn't say, I have to go on the other side because I have an appointment. Here's why. Let me explain to you why we're going. No, he doesn't tell them why. He just tells them what. Can we obey God even if we don't understand why? Can we obey God just because it's what his word says to do? Because I think sometimes as Christians, we want to know the why before we understand the what. And see, the what is that my God will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? That is the what. But many times people struggle with why. Why should I go to church? Why should I give an offering? Why should I lift my hands? Why should I serve? Why should I go on the prayer track? Why, why? So Jesus did not explain to the disciples, those who knew him so well, they were getting to know him at this point pretty well, and he he didn't explain to them always why they were going, where they were going. He just said, this is what we're going to do. And that, that is a walk, that is the faith walk. But here's the rub, here's the rub. You can't cross over in life and and leaving things without conflict. You can't cross over. You can't change direction without conflict. Jesus was moving the mission forward, but there would be a conflict, amen? And that conflict was in the the form of this storm. There was a conflict. And he's leaving the comfort zone of Capernaum. Capernaum was comfortable. It was easy. I like that. I like to say it's kind of like it's, it's, it reminds me of Ruth, right? You remember when Ruth, when, when they left uh, uh, Judah? <laughs> For those of you who've been hearing me preach, you know I love this story. They left the praise, right? They left the bread and they went to Moab. The word Moab meant comfort. So they left the praise and they left the word for comfort. And then we know the story that everything started to die in their life. When we leave the praise, come on, when we leave the word, when we leave praise, how many know things can die in our life? Things that are not supposed to die. We begin to dry up. We begin to, we begin to uh, uh, self-implode. And so Jesus left Capernaum. He left the comfort zone. And now he's moving into enemy territory. Or maybe he wasn't so popular. And so... He's with his beloved, and he's doing this. And maybe like 
we are, some of us right now in our life, I believe that there are some of you in this room, and I know this for a fact, that you're beginning to move forward in the things of God in your life. And as you move forward, the more you move forward in the things of your life, the enemy does not want to give up any territory. And as a church, if we continue to move forward, the enemy will try. We heard some amazing testimonies last week about when we move forward with God, when we, when we, when we step out in faith, many times the enemy says, uh-uh, this is a threat to what my kingdom of darkness. But as long as we stay in comfortable Christianity, guess what? The devil's going to be like, I don't really need to mess with them. It's like in basketball. There was always that one player that we would say they were like self-check. You know what that means? Nobody had to guard them. There was that one player that nobody had to guard because they, they, they couldn't make a shot. So we just kind of left them alone. They weren't a threat to my team. They're like, give them the ball. Let them shoot, you know? And I, I, in, the, in, in the world of, of, of Christianity, guess what? I want to be that team, that player, that we are a threat to the, to the other side. Amen? The enemy says this is a threat because God is. See, Pastor John and Rachel right now, how many know they are a threat? The enemy is trying to stop that. So maybe in your life, you're changing your circle of friends. Maybe you've begun to decide, I'm going to change my priorities I'm, I'm prioritizing my life and, and, and my need for the presence of God. And so as these things happen, there can be conflicts and there can be storms. But let me also say, when you make God a priority, oftentimes the enemy will try to send a storm your way. When you make God a priority. When you leave your old lifestyle and you walk into something new. Many times there's a storm because the devil is going to put up a fight. Did we ever think the devil would, would leave us alone without a fight? Absolutely not. He wants us to be kind of blind to, to what's happening. He wants us to be numb in our faith. He wants us to stay in the same place. But church, we, I have news for you, and I think we can all agree that Jesus is coming soon. We don't have time to stay in the same place. We have a mission. We have to, people need to know that there is only one way, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And our life has to represent and model that. So this is where we're at. Remember the Israelites. I love, I think about the Israelites when they left Egypt. What happened, right? Pharaoh sent chariots to try to stop them from where they were going. There's always a storm. There's always a storm. And maybe the reason you're in a storm is because you're crossing over into the other side, to the side that God is calling you to be. God is calling you on that side. That's why it's so important, amen, to surround yourself with men and women of God who can say, hey, you're going to make it through the storm, amen? amen? Surround yourself so that when the storm hits, there are people speaking into your life that say, I can see through the storm, and you are going to make it through the storm because guess who's in the boat? Jesus. He's in the boat. If he's in your life, you're going to make it through the storm, amen? And you know that. He's on the boat, and he, Jesus said, gentlemen, we're going to make it to the other side. There's the question, will you survive the storm? Yes, you will survive the storm. But the better question to ask is, why did you survive the storm? Have you ever thought that and looked back in life and seen how many times possibly the enemy tried to stop you from getting to where you're at right now? 
You can look back in life and say, wow, I can see how he tried to stop me. And I've heard testimonies in this church of people say there was a time in my life when, when I, I knew that this was trying to stop me from growing or stop me from living or stop me from anything. But here I am right now in this place praising God. Amen. So take that devil. <laughs> and in those storms, we learn who we are in Mark chapter four. And not even in Mark chapter 5 yet, but Mark chapter 4, we, 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 there's this man, this man on the hillside who had never seen the storm. Here's this man on the hillside who probably most people thought he's unreachable. I mean, the guy breaks chains. He, he, he's uncontrollable. He's living in the tombs. You know, when I think of tombs, that, that, I think of dead things, Right? He's living in dead things. There are a lot of people who are spending their life living in things that aren't growing. It's a dead thing. Come on, somebody. And so he was living in the tombs. And here's Jesus who's in the boat on his way to this man, on his way to the woman with the issue of blood, on his way to the, to the daughter, on his way. But there was a storm that tried to stop Jesus, the Son of God, from getting to the man. How do, we, how do we figure this storm was that? Maybe the storm was just, just the natural elements. See, I don't believe that Jesus would have rebuked the natural elements. Jesus would not rebuke something that God had created or allowed. There was something in that storm. There, there, it was a, a demonic thing. And Jesus didn't rebuke natural elements. He rebukes demons. Amen? The enemy, see, the same enemy that was on the man, or in the man on the hillside, the same enemy is controlling is also stopping, trying to stop Jesus from getting there. Hmm. See, here's the thing. And you're going to have to, you're gonna have to like, give me just a little room because I'm going to say something. But guess what? You were on the devil's hit list before you ever made your poo-poo, your first poo-poo. You were on the devil's hit list before you could walk. You were on the devil's list before... Li- uh, hit list before you ever said your first word. He's been trying to stop you and cause you to not believe that who you are in Christ. But I have news for you today. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. And the fact is you're sitting here today in the house of God, praising God, worshiping God, singing songs. Some of you don't even sing at home, but you sing in church. Hallelujah. And here you are lifting your hands or, or, or maybe wiping a tear, listening to the word of God. And here you are today saying, God, you've been with me in the boat. You've been with me through the storms of life. Here I am today. And guess what? No matter what storm you're going through right now, you can know that God is with you. He's not against you. And you're going to get through, through this storm too. Amen. Hallelujah. In spite of the waves. In spite of the storm, the clouds, the dark, in spite of every attack, here you are right now in church. Hallelujah. Here you are singing songs of praise in spite of the storm you're going through maybe right now. Right now. See, that shows me that you're, you, you know your purpose in life. That shows me that you're beginning to understand the process leads us to the purpose. And I, I might not understand why I go through storms, but I understand what it is that's with me in the storm, and that is Jesus Christ. You might never know the why. We might never know all the whys, why things happen, why bad things happen. But guess what? We understand that God is with us. Emmanuel, he's with us. 
You know, and it's, it's not because of the house we live in. It's not because of the car you drive. It's not because of how much money is in your bank account. It's not because of how many Instagram followers you have. It's these, these kind of things. God's not saying, well, this person is really liked by a lot. Of, man, he got a lot of likes on that comment. I'm really going to bless him. See, God looks at us as his children. And he says, I'm with you. I'm not basing it on anything that you do or say. I'm basing it on my love. I'm basing it on that, the fact that I created you and I love you. Maybe someone here today needs to know that God does love you. In spite of failures, in spite of things that we've done, God says, I still love you. It's not because of who you are. It's because of who he is. It's because of the one whose name is Jesus who's been with you in this storm. In this storm. If I could have the worship team join me up here. I am going to continue. I was studying and I went into this story. Believe it or not, I'm going to preach a sermon next week about the man on the hillside. A whole sermon. And how that represents and how that can reflect our lives. And how there are things in our life, there are chains, there are tombs, there are things in our life that we tend to give way too much priority to. I am so blessed. Let me just tell you, let me just applaud. I I think I've said this before. Let me applaud right now. Parents, I applaud you for those of you, even if it's not always been successful, but you've done your part to try to raise your kids in a godly home. How many know there's a point in life that they'll go their way, but as parents, as long as you just keep praying for them, amen, come on, even if they're not in the house today, but you're praying for them, you're believing for them, I believe that the prodigals will all come home. I'm going to pray that and believe that until the day I die. I want to applaud you for making those priorities evident in your home, even if they didn't always follow it. But you, like, said, as for our house, this is how we're going to live. And Harvest Land Church, as for this house, amen, we will always praise God. We will always preach the word. We will always give to the needy. We will always do mission trips. We will always send out the prayer truck. We will always believe. We will always sow seed into the next generation. We will always look forward. We will always have vision because, God, we will go through if we go through a storm. And we do not want to declare that. But if it does come, guess what? It's not going to slow down the boat. We're going to keep going with Jesus. Amen. I will not be slowed. You will not be slowed down because we serve a mighty God who is strong in battle and he will always pick us up. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? I want to pray over you and I want to ask God to to reveal some things to our heart right now because we know when we leave this place, there's a mission field out there. We know. Our life is a living, walking testimony. And there's nothing greater than, than, than when you realize that you've had an effect on somebody's life. Maybe you didn't have to say any words. But to get to that place where we can live that, we have to know who we are in Christ. We need to be in a, in, a, in a discipleship program. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be on a daily walk with Jesus for our lives to really fulfill the purpose that God has for us, for our lives to take hold and take root. We have to know who we are in Jesus. 
It's not a game. It's not a contest. It's not a Sunday school competition to see who can get the, the most candy bars. It's not, it's not that at all. All that stuff is fine. But what it is, it's, God, my life is about living for you. And I might not understand the why, but I understand the what. And the what is, I need Jesus every day. Parents, I pray over you as you raise children. For those in this room that have little children, God, I pray over those. I just feel led to do this. Lord, I pray for every parent in this room is leading uh, children or teenagers. God, Father, that we would live the example, that we would live, we would make priorities straight in our home, God. Father, I pray a blessing over those homes. I pray a blessing over those parents, God, who are, who are doing everything in their ability to raise their kids right, God, in a world that tries to deter them and, and, and lie to them, God, that, Father, we will, we will hold strong to what we know is right and what we know is true. God, I honor them. I bless them, God, as parents who are, who are living that standard. God, make us who you want us to be as parents, as grandparents, as single people, as students, as believers. Every day, God, would you, Psalm 51, create in us a clean heart and renew? Renew. Come on, say that with me. Create in me a clean heart and renew. What's that mean? What's that mean to you? Renew. All right, Spirit. Renewing means, you know, you ever get that upgrade on your cable for free? Ever get a free something like that? Man, that feels good. I called AT&T. I'm going to be, I called AT&T this, week, AT&T this week because my bill went up. I entered the phone call with my bill going down and I got some free stuff. Hallelujah. I got another sports channel, which Heather's going to love. And I was pumped. I was telling Heather, I was telling everybody, guess what? I got some free upgrades. This, I got renewed. You know what? When we get in God's presence and he gives us upgrades all the time, come on, he gives us those upgrades. He renews our spirit. When you get in God's word, when you get around godly people, it should renew your spirit. If, if you are not being renewed in the week, then you're in the wrong place. If you're not getting around people that renew you, then you're around the wrong people. Listen, God renews us. And we need to pray, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. With your heads bowed and your eyes are closed just for a moment. Let me pray over you if that's okay. And I want to spend some time in prayer. And then I, I, I know some of you have to go or we got fundraisers and prayer trucks. We've got a lot of things going on today, which are all kingdom, kingdom things. But before we get in any rush, I want to spend this moment reflecting on what God's word says to you. Maybe you thought that the storm you went through or are going through, maybe you thought that that meant, God, you left me. But God has not left you. He wants you to know that he's there with you. Or maybe you feel like the man on the hillside who's being tormented. But I want you to know that Jesus was on his way to set that man free. No matter what storm, listen, he basically just told the storm to be quiet and it was quiet, right? He had that authority. There was authority there. But that man probably, he, he didn't know. He, there was a tormented man there. He, he didn't know what that day would bring when he woke up. But, but then walked the man by the name of Jesus. Picture Jesus walking on that hill. I can see it. 
I can see him literally with his arms open wide. And in a moment, that man's life shifted permanently, forever. Maybe you can see yourself right now, that moment when, when that sin, that thing that has held you bound. I, right now, if there's a sin in your life that's holding you bound, that's chained you up, would you right now just think about it, how it will feel as Jesus says, give it to me. I'll take it to the cross. Think about that, that feeling of freedom. He says, that's what I want you to feel. I want you to be free from that thing that has held you bound, that's tormenting you, that you know is keeping you from growing, from reaching your potential, your purpose in life. He says today, just give it to me. He says, my arms are wide open. I'm here for you. I came through everything. Jesus went to the cross. He went through everything for you and I. We give it to you today. Would you do that right now? Just whatever it is that you're holding on to. Maybe it's a fear, a worry, a doubt. Maybe it's a substance sin. Maybe it's just a relationship thing. It's yours today. And I want you to know this finally, that those storms that we go through, if you're going through that storm right now, understand this. That storm is also a sign to let you know that grace is on its way. Grace is on its way for you if you're ready to receive it. If you're saying, God, I give you all my life, my priorities, my time, my family, my, my, my ministry, my talents. God, I give it to you. It's yours anyway. You've just asked me to be a good steward with what you've given me. Grace is on its way. Grace is on its way. Father, now, all over this room, would you speak to our hearts? Let those words ring true. Renew. 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 Maybe in your marriage, renew. As, as a husband or a wife, renew. Maybe as a student, come on, renew my, 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 my reason for doing what I'm doing right now in life. Maybe as a grandparent, renew, renew. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. As an employee, as, as an employer, renew. Renew right spirit. Jesus, we thank you. We love you.